Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Jenny. And this is Have You Heard Of. It's the podcast where two best friends finally hold each other accountable for all those pop culture recommendations we keep giving each other. This week it's my turn, so we're talking about Logan Lucky. Yes. Um, before we do that, I am going to do a spotlight swap. Um, peek behind the curtain. I totally forgot I needed to bring one. So I was like, oh God. What we started recording and we're like, three, two, one, stop. <laughs> yeah um and so this is the thing that came to my mind um so i've been watching a lot of comic like political like late night shows so like stephen colbert and seth myers and stuff like that um and because there's a lot going on and so i was watching a lot of stephen colbert and he kept talking about how this is the year of the she the sea shanty Ooh, and um, I he kept getting so excited about it. I was like, "Oh, look at him go!" And then all of a sudden, I got into this hole on YouTube of watching compilation videos and just videos of sea shanty music. Have you seen and the Wellerman sea shanty that's been going around TikTok? Yes. So here's the thing: I don't even have TikTok, and somehow I just it appeared to it me. It just found you. It found me. It went to my soul. I, like, just in case people don't know what Sea Shanty is, is a style of music that is, like, a working song that's, like, to a certain rhythm, and it used to be sung, and I guess still sung, on um, sailing boats and um, people working on, like, ships and stuff. And apparently 2021 is the year of the sea shanty. I don't know what that exactly means, but it's I'm all It's about coming it. together and working towards a common goal. And it's just such fun music. It reminds me, actually, Emma, when I came to visit you in your hometown and we went to that festival and yes. some of them sang some, like, sea shanty songs and it's just so intoxicating and so, like, liberating. Soon may the wellerman come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. Da, 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 so fun. And it also reminds me, um, we usually have a Highland Festival here in town. And it was canceled last year, obviously. Um, but it just reminded me of how much I love that. Because it's just like Celtic music. It's just exciting. And like, it's just people singing about like being on the sea or just singing in rhymes to like work together and it just brings me so much joy it makes me want to be out on the sea i grew up we used to go boating all the time as kids and i just like want to be out in the sea and just singing this song and just being one with nature and if you haven't looked up sea shanty songs please do it is wholesome and great and yes <laughs> it also reminds me even though this isn't a sea shanty at all of um, the scene in the movie Pride, where they all start singing <gasps> Bread and Roses, yes. like union songs, too. Yes! Like oh, yeah! Songs that, that really also... bring people together. Oh, I love, oh my god, that scene in Pride, Emma. Oh god. Um, also, it kind of reminds me of the, in the first Hobbit movie, with the dwarves yeah. singing in Bilbo's, like, the mountain song. All over the misty mountains roll. Oh, I'm not so going to join in, because you, you've got this. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, um, I just yeah. love people group singing. So I love just the aesthetic of someone singing and then some everyone joining in. Okay, well great. that is actually a perfect segue for Logan Lucky. Oh, 
Okay, yes. Um, but you won't find out why until later, in which case, or if you've already seen the movie, then you already know why. If you haven't gone yes. to see this movie before, pause. It's on Canadian Netflix. Um, and this movie is just a goddamn delight. Um, it really is. <laughs> I really, did you like this movie? I, I felt like I was high the entire time. I was like, what is happening? And then For suddenly a lot of it, it all, and then it all happens and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. But like in like a good way of like what, like it seems like it was a weird trip, but like in a good way and like it was so fun and intriguing and I was like how how are they gonna pull this off what what is happening and it was again like weirdly wholesome and also the cast kept like every time someone would appear on stage stage on screen I'd be like wait what what like every single time so had you heard of this movie before no (laughs) did you you know Sebastian Stan was gonna show up (laughs) I, like, wrote down, because there's a scene when one of the characters, like, runs into a, a convenience store, and you know it's bad when, like, I've seen so much Sebastian Stan stuff that I was like, was that him in that cardboard cutout as a race car driver? That's a weird cameo for him to have. I had no idea he was going to appear later, but I was like, that's Sebastian Stan. I could recognize him from that. <laughs> but Good no, job. I had no idea. Oh, I'm so pleased. It's such a yes. strange... It's so strange for, I think, everyone to be in this movie, but they are, and they're all great. Yes, and, um, like, like it, it, it's so bad of, like, as everyone is aware by now, I'm horrible with names. And so people kept appearing, but I didn't want to goo who it was, because, like, Jenny, you could figure this out. But it took me, no joke, until 30 minutes in to be, like, Channing Tatum. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I wrote down, it's Magic Mike, which is weird because I've never seen Magic Mike. But I was like, you oh, it's him. Magic Mike. We saw Magic Mike in theaters. Did we? I don't remember yes, seeing we saw it. Magic Mike at the university theater. And then, okay, embarrassing. Do you remember when I had been invited to a party and I didn't want to go? We went to see Magic Mike instead. And then later we got on the bus to go back to our home and people who I was supposed to go to the party with were there. So you wrapped my scarf around my head so they wouldn't recognize me. I know you remember that because it was... I that. do. That was okay, actually we to see Magic Mike. Did I not see the second one then? Because the first one horrified me so much. The second one, the second <laughs> one is great, but you've, I don't think you've seen the second one. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay, well, I guess I blocked that out, but I didn't block out that. <laughs> I guess I have seen Magic Mike. <laughs> but yes, okay. But I wrote down Magic Mike, and I was like, oh, what's his name? And I kept thinking Chad. I was like, he's not Chad. What is he's he? What Chad. is his name? Yeah. Anywho, this cast is like bonkers Stacked. this movie watched so knives out could run in regards to daniel craig ah uh, uh. <laughs> i like when daniel craig appeared i was shook i was like no <laughs> no way like also this is the only other movie i think i've ever seen that has adam driver in it that's not star oh, wars i know so this movie is like a really good time for me and I I have never been super into Channing Tatum I do enjoy the Magic Mike films uh 21 Jump Street I'm like now I'm like I'm thinking of all the Channing Tatum movies I really like that have made me step laugh up. very hard step up 21 Jump Street but I have always looked at Channing Tatum with a vague aura of distrust I have no idea what Channing Tatum is like in real life um but I watch this movie and now I trust Channing Tatum. So I hope that trust isn't misplaced because mm. he's so good and charming in this movie. He, okay. It's I like, it's a great it, performance from him. The thing is, it's like, 
he just wants to be a good dad. And you're like, yeah. oh. And he is oh, a good no. dad. Like, he listens. Yeah. He takes her interests really seriously. Um, if you haven't seen the movie and you're still listening, then I guess we'll, like, go into explaining. So, Logan Lucky um, is a movie that I saw in theaters when it came out in 2017. It came out in September. Uh, to moderate box office success, I think it made, I looked it up, it made, like, something like $49 million against a $28 million budget. So, not terrible. Um, but not great. Like, not a box office match. I feel like it's actually pretty standard for Steven Soderbergh, who is the director of this film. Uh, mm. Steven Soderbergh is... I was looking at his filmography today, and I realized, oh, he is absolutely one of my favorite directors. He's definitely a big-name A-list director, uh, but one who really believes in, like, independent film distribution as opposed to the studio system, which I think is interesting. He's definitely had some Oscar success, uh, some box office success, and a lot of films that have actually done pretty poorly at the box office. Mm. He also has retired a few times. Um, So this movie was kind of a return for him because his last movie had come out in 2013. Mm. Um, And then he was like, I'm retiring after this because he's just like, my heart's not in it. I like storytelling, but I don't want to get up early. I don't want a location scout. And we should be giving movies to people who are excited to do all of those things. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. So do you know anything about Steven Soderbergh? No. Okay, so I'm going to give you a little introduction to to him really quickly, okay. uh, because he actually does do a lot of heist films. Uh, one of his first movies is one called Out of Sight with Jennifer Lopez and George Clooney. It's one also one of my favorite movies that we might be doing in the future. Great mm-hmm. heist flick. He also did the Oceans trilogy, not Oceans Eight, but the the George Clooney original like Oceans. I trilogy. also have not seen those. They're also very fun. Um, and then yes. his next movie that he has coming out is like a 1950s set robbery story. So I think, and I think. Part of why he he gravitates, I am just speculating here, to high stories is that he's a very strong technical filmmaker. Like, I think he's very mm. precise. On a lot of his movies, uh, he creates really good soundscapes. Like, when you're watching Logan Lucky, the sounds in it are very amazing. There's not a lot of music. It is just ambient sound of people yes. walking past yes. and, like, money flipping into a bag and steps Whoa. and gates closing and... I didn't even realize that. There's not a lot of background music in There's this. There's not a lot of background all. music, but you hear, like, the cars racing by and, like, the click of his sister's nails, and, like, it's very good. Whoa, um, yeah. Yeah, and so I really like Steven Soderbergh as a technical director. Uh, one thing that I found out today while I was prepping for this recording session is that he also was a second unit director for the first Hunger Games movie, which is really interesting. Like, at this point, he is an oh. Oscar-winning director. He's like A-list and he is a second unit so second unit directing is when you have a literal second unit for people yeah. who will do like establishing shots or like focus on action sequences or not necessarily the actors have to be there so it's like just to keep yes. these things running on budget and on schedule they did it a so, lot with like the the, Lord, the like the Hobbit movie like they okay, had like yeah. two different units yeah. and stuff and, so yeah. he was yeah he was a second unit director for the Hunger Games and directed a lot of the action sequences and like there's a District 11 riot scene I don't know if you remember that he directed, yes. which is really interesting. Oh. Um, yeah, so I just really like Steven Soderbergh. Um, and then I, he also is someone who I think really likes having full control over his movies. But mm. again, like I don't know a lot about his personal life, so I'm hoping it's not in a like, really demanding, controlling kind of way, just in a like, he, he knows what he wants to do. Um, so in this movie, I'm going to give you some credits. Uh, directed by Steven Soderbergh, cinematography by Peter Andrews, Edited by Mary Ann Bernard, 
these are all Steven Soderbergh. The other two are pseudonyms. So he did the cinematography. He <gasps> did the editing. Like, he did the whole package for this movie. And then the script is by a woman named Rebecca Bunch, who is not a real person. Um, and so a lot of people were like, oh, this is just Steven Soderbergh writing a movie also. Yeah. Um, and so I was doing a little digging. This was actually when I rewatched this movie last year. I was looking into who Rebecca Bunch is. And she was, he said, oh, she's a first-time filmmaker. She's from the UK. She's not going to come to set. Um, But then suddenly a Twitter account popped up that was Rebecca Bunch posting, being like, never used social media before, but I can't believe, like, Steven Soderbergh's directing my movie, posting set pictures of, like, with Adam Driver. Um, And then they found out that it was Steven Soderbergh's wife who wrote it. Uh, And so her real name uh, is Jules Asner. And so Steven Soderbergh had originally said, oh, this script came across my desk. I'm retired, but I would love to work with a first-time director because I think it's a really good script. And then eventually he ended up taking it on, and she wrote it under a pseudonym because she was, like, really proud of her script and didn't want people to be like, oh, it's just Steven Soderbergh's wife. That's why he's doing it. Oh, Um, And she apparently has been doing, like, uncredited punch-ups on his scripts for years, and she's also an entertainment reporter, and so I'm so impressed that this is, like, her first feature film script that got made, because I think it's a really tight script. She sets up all of the characters so well. She does exposition in really neat little ways, like, that are how people would actually talk. There's a lot of characters giving backstory, but it never feels unnatural. Like no, she, no, and no, all no. of these characters, even ones who are only in two or three scenes, I can picture what they're doing when they're not on camera. Like, she sets them up so well. Yes. Anyways, I just yes. think it's it's just, like, it makes me seem like this movie was a really, again, I'm all about movies that seem like they were fun to work on, and this one seems like it was fun to work on. Channing Tatum has worked with Steven Soderbergh. Steven Soderbergh also directed Magic Mike, and they, like, oh. him and Channing Tatum co-developed that together because it's based on Channing Tatum's life written by Steven Soderbergh and so like they clearly enjoyed working together and it's just it's I've talked about this before too it's just those like middle budget movies that I feel like you don't see a lot everything has to be Mm. super indie or super blockbuster and then this movie just came out I saw it and Baby Driver in the same weekend a great double feature highly recommend yeah I mean I haven't seen either of those but what I know from you which are like two of your favorite movies ever. That I, like, I love Baby Driver weekend. a lot. Oh. Yeah, I know it was. It was also like my birthday weekend. It was just a really good time. Yes, yes, yeah. I find like these types of movies are always interesting to me because I always find like this would be something that it seems like a big blockbuster, but I could see it like premiering on like like Sundance Festival or something and people be like how did they get all of these actors into this what and then you see you're like that was cool that, that was, was really good fun. it's fun it's everyone's doing something a little bit different but playing to strengths you didn't know they had Steven Soderbergh's also someone who like I said isn't really afraid to work with different distribution he's done a couple original movies for Netflix he's done television uh, mm. he's got, he had just had a movie called uh, Let Them All Talk that came out on HBO Max so he's not afraid to do things like on the small screen, he actually had a movie called High Flying Bird that premiered at Slamdance, which is like, Sundance is an indie film festival, and then Slamdance is the indie indie version of Sundance. Oh. Uh, yeah, which kind of caused a stir, because it's like, Slamdance is the indie festival, why is Steven Soderbergh's movie playing here? But it's a good movie. Mm. The, the fun thing about this movie that it is, it like, teeters on being a parody, but it's not. It's, it's, it feels like a parody because you're used to seeing heist movies 
like the Oceans movies, and more recently Oceans 8, where they're robbing the Met Gala, and it's all very high class, and they're all professionals, and they have funds and resources and training, and this is not that. Uh, there's a joke in the movie where the heist that the main characters pull off is called Oceans 7-Eleven, and yeah. it's because they are just regular people who you don't get acknowledged as smart very often. Yeah, because... Yeah, like, it also kind of reminds me of, like, heist movies that I, like, I would consider these heist movies, like, the Now You See Me movies. Mm -hmm. Like, they're always, like, glitz and glam and, like, look here and look there, but this is, like, working class people figuring out how to do this, and they're doing it for, like, kind of, like, wholesome reasons, in a way, that I'm all for. And it's, it's just placing in a completely different setting, and, which... It's like slightly makes your brain think it's a parody because of that, and because this is also a comedy that you're like, okay, heist movies usually aren't comedies, really. Um, there's usually comedy spread throughout a film a bit here or there, but um, it just makes it a lot more fun, and you root for them, but you also don't root for them. They, I wrote down that these are a bunch of smart dumbasses. <laughs> they are though, like, um, yeah, they really are, like. It's it's a lot of good luck and more than good management, but it's also a lot of good management. And we will get into talking about luck, too, I, believe, I bet. Yes. Um, yeah, like, they're all... They're all dumbasses, but they're all very observant. Like, this is a very observant film that has a really good yeah. understanding of how people are inherently selfish, and not in a bad way, and prideful, mm. not in a good way. Mm. Um, so it's people in, will always, if there is an option for them to be not embarrassed, they will take that option even when it will make things more difficult for them. Yes. And this movie really understands it. This is not my observation, and I have not seen the second film, so I'm fully just talking out of my butt right now. But the second one? No. So, okay. So the second movie, um, there's a movie called Hillbilly Elegy that came out this past year and it's based okay. on a memoir of a man whose family grew up in Appalach- in like the Appalachian region um, in poverty and it's about trying to expl- examine like the poverty cycle and why uh, Trump thrived so well there in the election mm. and a movie came out this past year that got really really bad reviews where it was like this movie is just incredibly tone deaf to how poor people act um, and what it is like to live in Appalachia. And I saw someone, uh, one critic, say, this seems ridiculous because Hillbilly Elegy is based on real experiences, but if you want a better portrayal of West Virginia, watch Logan Lucky. And mm. I think it is just, like, a really, like, I think something like Hillbilly Elegy is more interested in the tawdry side of look how poor they are, look how they don't have resources, and it's mm. slightly more exploitative, whereas this is, like, the Logan family are all working class people. They're struggling to get by. They are regularly have bad luck and they just keep going. But they all like they're a really tight knit family. They all love each other. They're all trying to do their best. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's there's no like Jimmy Logan, Channing Tatum's character, and you meet him is just working construction. And there's like no there is no shame in working in construction, but it is a really easy thing to be like, oh, you work in construction. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, I do. And it's like they just doing what they can to get by and this movie is very kind to that like even like there's a scene when they're at 
affair and they're mm-hmm. like all, all the things that they're doing and like like at first you're like wow this is like a lot but like as someone who is one not american and two does not live in the south anywhere i'm like this seems slightly odd to me but also i'm like but they're all having so much fun this is just what they're doing and i'm like you know what hell yeah i know like, like i, I want to go to like go-kart and eat whatever the brothers are eating out of a bin <laughs> i think they're eating they're i think they're um pig's feet Oh my god, it's wild. Okay, yeah, so the premise of this film, uh, let's get into it, is um, Jimmy Logan, Channing Tatum's character, is a down-on-his-luck construction worker who was a big football star in high school, went to university on the football team, was gonna make it in the NFL, uh, and then busted his knee, and has been down-on-his-luck ever since. His brother Clyde, played by Adam Driver, this was a real turning point in my love for Adam Driver, too. God, he's so funny in this movie. Um, he's hilarious. He's Again, so good. this is the first thing I've seen him be that wasn't Anakin. Not Anakin. Wow. <laughs> I went way too far back. Um, but when he hasn't played Kyle Ren. That's his name in Star Wars? Kylo right? Ren. Kyle. Damn, I haven't seen Star Wars. I know we can call him Kyle Ren. Kyle Ron. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so I, like seeing him like this was like, whoa, like. He's really funny, and he plays his character so well. He's so deadpan, and his voice is just incredible. Was supposed to be the lookout, now weren't you? Being that I was your kid brother, I let you lead me into trouble with all your crazy cauliflower plans. My life of crime is over. But you did make breakfast this morning. Even burned the bacon like I like and you ate. I also saw you have some sort of robbery to-do list. I know this attempt to be organized is a big step for you, so go. Clyde is a bartender who used to be in the military who was on his way back from a tour in Afghanistan on at the airport to go home and lost his arm. And so Clyde has a theory that the Logan family is cursed, and whenever their luck starts going really well, that's when everything will come crashing down around them. And Jimmy doesn't believe in the curse and is also determined to disprove it. Um, so that is where the title of the film comes from. And they decide, more or less, to rob the concession, or the vault where all the concession money goes, at the biggest NASCAR race of the year. Yes, and... Is it the reason why he wants to rob it is because his daughter, who his wife, his ex, has like full custody of, but still he gets to visit. Um, her new husband is like moving across the state line and is bringing their daughter with them. And he's like, "No, I'm going to get a lawyer." And he's like, "I need money for a lawyer to get custody of my daughter." Right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that like the main premise? It is of the why? main thing. It is kind of like the main thing. And then it, by the end of it, he doesn't even end up getting a lawyer. I think he just also moves out of West Virginia, which is yeah. nice, where he's just like, no, nah, I'm going to let Bobby Joe do her thing and let her be happy. She's happy with Moody, even if I don't understand it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so it's just them working with their sister, and it's just... I feel like I can't even go into all the details, because recounting all of the, the finite details of a heist is not as much fun as watching it, and also it would take half of our recording time. Uh, <laughs> but they also end up recruiting Joe Bang. Uh, so, like I said before, a proto-Benoit Blanc uh, of Daniel Craig <laughs> doing a very West Virginian accent. Um, but the only problem is that he is currently in the uh, local penitentiary, and so they have to bust him yes. out of jail, and then bust him back in somehow. And... It's just a delight. Here, like, I don't even know where to go next. Where should we, where should we yeah. go next with this? Um, 
Before we move on to Joe Bang, can we talk a little bit about the sister, Melly Logan? Yes. Love She Melly. is fantastic. She is a she is a local like hairstylist and she is so smart. Like holy shit. Like she's she's the one who like came up with like the bomb, like one of the bomb things. She came up with a way to figure out like she would paint all these cockroaches to figure out which like tube which goes down to a certain ball and it's like she is so smart and like there's a scene where um I don't remember who what the new husband's name is. Moody. Moody. He's like talking to Millie about like his new car and how like her car is not as cool and he sh- she should get like a new car and like trying to mansplain to her like and all she's these so cool obviously things. knows more and he knows she knows more but is just refusing yeah. to acknowledge it. Yeah, and she just like lets him keep going and then like totally like demolishes him about all these things about the car and like it's mwah, it's it's perfect. so good. She's also one of the wives from Mad Max. Oh. Uh, She's also Elvis Presley's granddaughter. Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, but, like, has, like, no connection to him. Was, like, raised by her, her like, her Elvis's daughter. And, um, like, her dad split up right away. So it was, like, raised by her dad. And, like, but is this Elvis Presley's granddaughter also? <laughs> Whoa. That's crazy. Um, but I also just really like how sweet she is with the daughter. And, like, is always there for her. And is, like, she, without her, there's no way they could have done this heist. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Melly's holding, Melly is, like, the responsible one holding the family together. (laughs) Yes, 100%. But, but like, not in a, not in a, oh, no, they put all the responsibility on their sister kind of way, just in a, she's just got her shit together in, in a way the men do not. And I like how they, the backstory of, like, how Jimmy and Clyde were always, like, the two brothers getting in trouble and all these things, and, like, Millie's also that, but, like... She's just better uh, at getting out of it. <laughs> she's Exactly. She's more detached from it, but in a way that is strategic, almost. So she can get away with shit, and she can do things, and she's but great. One thing I, like, really like about the pacing of this movie is you have them planning the heist, you have them the day of the heist, but the, the movie also follows, like, the six months after they, they, they rob the race, and this yeah. movie has no problem taking the time to follow just Jimmy's day-to-day life. So you see him going to... His daughter, is, is Sadie, is um, go entering, like, a junior pageant. She's, like, what, six or seven? She's really little. Yeah. Uh, maybe nine. I don't know how old movie children are supposed to be. But she's really little, and he just does not understand pageanting. Clearly, like, does not enjoy it. But, no, his daughter's really excited. So, like, yeah. they don't go to a tanning salon, but he goes to his friend's garage then who has, like, an aerosol paint sprayer <laughs> and sprays her with the tanning solution. And, like, it's just, I like following his day-to-day of, like, him running his errands and going for drinks at his brother's bar. It's good. Yeah. It... It really lets you, like, see the whole picture of who these characters are. Mm-hmm. And it also makes it more exciting to see an average day person can pull something like this off. And that almost kind of goes with them. Like, it helps them because it's Nobody to notices them. Nobody, like, exactly. they, they end up, like, fading into the background pretending to be garbage collectors of the race. And nobody notices or cares. Exactly. And there's these jokes of, like, security officers coming by. And you're like, oh, shit, they've been caught. And the guy's like, do you, 
smell smoke? They're like, no. It's like, okay, keep going. And like, it's like, is it suspicious as this man is just here? Do you know who no. he is? But it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so Seth MacFarlane is the manager of, or like a, a he owns a, a energy drink company and then is sponsoring Dayton White, this up and coming flashy race car driver who is, you know, pinned for a big moment at the Coca-Cola yeah. 600. And um, just an, also an absolute douchebag. Uh, yes. His, his, yes. I enjoy his plot because it truly does not need to be in the film at all. But I have no, no problems I, with it being there. That's the thing. There are a couple of plots that I feel like I would be okay without completely. Like, didn't necessarily add to the story at all. But I also think if they weren't there then the world would feel very isolated to just these two families and not, like, everything else. I like, know, it's all about entire... setting up the world of... It's very much about, like, a community. And, like, so... Uh, the reason I got out and started talking about Seth MacFarlane in the first place is that he shows up, like, an absolute douchebag at Clyde's bar and starts making fun of Clyde mm. for being a one-armed bartender. And then it's like, oh, I, I think the one, one failing of this movie, even though Adam Driver is perfect, is that they should have cast an actor who is actually an amputee. Um, mm. But anyways, m- continuing on with that. Um, but he starts like ribbing uh, Clyde and Jimmy picks a fight with him. And then they light his car on fire. <laughs> like these, these bro- I, lo- I love the communication with the brothers. Like they just know, like Jimmy starts picking a fight and Clyde's like, okay, that's my cue to go make a Molotov cocktail and light this man's truck <laughs> on fire. And I'm like, how did you communicate that without anything he does it so like nonchalantly and just like goes smashes the car blows up and the guys come out they're like we're gonna fill this and then they just take the phones and throw them in there and he's just like wait what like well yeah um i am hopping all over the place okay but briefly also i what i like is the way this movie plays into like are the logans lucky or unlucky and one thing that i think is both a sign of kind of like they're rising luck that hopefully won't come Mm. crashing down or also but it could also just be explained with jimmy used to play football is that jimmy has amazing aim that's because there's a scene when he gets fired at the very beginning of the movie because he has a busted knee and the construction company doesn't want to pay for his insurance um he walks out and is like walking out with his helmet to his truck and then just like tosses it behind him and it lands perfectly in the pile of other construction hats And then later, they light this car on fire, and Seth MacFarlane and his, like, cronies are trying to record it happening, and he just grabs their phones and whips them perfectly through the busted window into the on-fire truck. So it's like, he's really lucky, but also maybe he just has good aim because he used to play football? Like, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, okay. All that to be saying is he busted his face... And so he's just hanging out yeah. at a gas station, and this lady comes by and is like, oh, I actually, like, operate this this busted camper that's like a, a doctor's office on wheels. Let me come give you a tetanus yes. shot. And I, again, like, so the Sylvie plot doesn't need to be there, but it fills out the world really nicely where she, she talks to him yeah. and she calls him by his first name, and he's like, wait how do you know me? And then they find, he finds that they used to go to high school together. And then he's like, wait, I think I kissed you once in high school. And it's so like, 
both charmless and charming where Channing Tatum is just like completely oblivious to reading the room or how to talk to this woman because I think there is like a little bit of embarrassment there of like he knew her when he was really hot shit and now he's a guy who's getting who's got his face busted up outside of a gas station but he's just yeah when she speed about it (laughs) when she first like approaches him and she's like that looks pretty bad I'm like who who would do that? Who would come up to you and just be like, that looks bad. I'm like, wait. And then I realized, and then eventually they're like, oh, she's a doctor. She's doing the doctor's reels. She's trying to give free medical care. I was like, okay, this makes sense now. I thought, yeah, that was, that was really I, sweet. I know. Cause it's, it's, I like also how she, she talks to him and you're like, why would you say that to someone? And then she, then she's equally surprised when he talks back and is like, yeah, it actually really does hurt. <laughs> I probably should have gotten <laughs> stitches. And she's kind of like, oh, which is also like a moment of him like talking not talking back as in rudely, but like just returning her conversation, um, is that then he goes to get the tetanus shot and he's asking like, is this a charity? And it, again, just like helps fill out the world that these characters live in where she's like, you know, West Virginians don't take kindly to the word charity. We're here to help people, but we are not a charity because people won't let us help them if we say that we are. Mm. Um, and it, but it's kind of nice too that he like, is not afraid to ask for help and that he's like, yeah, I probably do need a tennis shot. I don't think I've ever gotten one, actually. I know. I mean, like, it's, when it was happening, I was, like, kind of sketched. I was like, don't go into someone's camper van and let them stab you with something. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> but then she had a bunch of, like, verification of her degree and all that stuff. I was like, okay. But also, I would never. <laughs> Stranger danger. This movie, this is, I... This is not a criticism. This movie also is, like, has the most vaguely, this probably isn't a word, nepotistic cast. I feel like half this cast has famous parents, because you've got Riley Keough, who's Elvis's granddaughter. You have uh, Jack Quaid, who is one of Joe Bang's brothers. This is one of his idiot brothers. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid's son. The other idiot brother is... I cannot remember, but as a Gleason child related to Brendan Gleason and Donald Gleason, I believe. And then Catherine Waterston is Sam Waterston's daughter. He's a Law and Order actor, just like a generally excellent actor. And like, I know I, I don't have a problem with any of them. I'm like, you're all mildly famous enough that like I'm not offended that nepotism helps you get along the get get there because you're all yeah. like just good character actors. Yeah, Anyways, yeah, that's yeah. Just a, I, that's yeah, an anecdote is, from me. Yeah, they definitely have good character actors in here and i also okay who played the warden at the prison that is a man named dwight yoakum okay i like for some um, reason i he, which he is a name that is like, familiar to me and i looked at the cast list earlier and thought that name sounds familiar and then didn't look more into it so i have no more information for you okay <laughs> I, he just looked like I knew it wasn't him, but it reminded me of whenever, like, Tom Cruise, like, played someone, like, but he played someone <laughs> completely different. I don't know. I've never seen that movie. But you know, you know In what I'm Thunder, about? yeah. Yeah. I was like, this must be some guy that has a lot of prosthetics and that's not actually him. No, I don't know why, but I know that is actually his face. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed the scenes in the penitentiary because... To break someone out, they had to really figure out what to do, and so they cause like this, like fight, and then they a, a, do like a, a barricade, light riot. <laughs> a light riot. And I just love how when they gave their demand like, when you're negotiating, 
yeah, these are our demands. And I don't know if it was like, because part of it is like, this was happened so that um, Joe Bang could leave. So it's, it wasn't serious, but also their demands were just so great. Like they demanded the rest of the Game of Thrones books. And then there's a huge debate about like, okay, in our latest copy, it says Winds of Winter is supposed to be out right now. And the warden is furiously on Wikipedia being like, no, uh, the spoilers you got were actually for the show. They've gone ahead of the books. The books are behind on the writing schedule, which is, I love that that is still a funny joke four years later. <laughs> I know. <laughs> when Winds of Winter is still not out. <laughs> and it was just they'd be like oh man this is so like how dare they and it's just because of one they're being serious like come on but also they're like okay we can't be too intense because this is also for because this could have serious ramifications on us for starting yeah this is a distraction right? but it is another yeah. moment of like i don't know like everyone who is on this level of people who are usually ignored including all the other inmates at the prison are very like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, willing to work together to yes. make things better for themselves in a good, selfish way. So it's like, yes. they have so they 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 have to bust Joe Bang out of prison, and he just approaches these guys in jail and is like, it will work out well for you if you help. And so they do start a fight, but, like, don't seriously hurt any of the prison guards. They just no. tie everyone up, and eventually, when they let people in, it's because they start, like, a tiny fire in a trash can to get the fire department to come. And I love how well they knew how messed up, like, the prison system is, that they could, like, get away with it not being as serious, because yeah, they know like, that, the like, warden's not gonna want this to get out. No, he's not gonna call it, he's not gonna call it, call it, because he doesn't want people to know, and he can't be like, we do not have riots at this place, we do not have fires, it's like, Dude, we need to do something. So it, they use the system so well problem. to their advantage. It's just they're crying. Yeah. People don't want to be embarrassed, so they will take a slightly less embarrassing option, even if it does it is not the better thing for them. And it's just like again, this movie just understands yes. how people people are just inherently kind of dumb. Probably one of my favorite scenes that I like laughed out loud was when they were finally like by where all like the tubes were and um. Joe Bang was making the bomb. <laughs> yeah. And explaining. The, it was so, it was so, like, the moments of, like, this is a heist and, like, we need to be fast and precise. But, like, they're like, no, we need to stop. Stop the heist. Stop I need to explain cast. how this to... works to you. Give me a piece of chalk. I'm writing it on the wall. <laughs> I know. I need to specifically show you how gummy worms and what was the other thing? Like, it, rubber uh, cement or something? Uh, and, like, fake salt, low sodium salt. Yeah, and, like, um, could make a bomb, and it... And the it brothers just are so just like, like, we thought you were gonna bring dynamite. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, it fails, and it comes back, and, he, and everyone's, like, all, like, stressed out, and he opens it, and he's like, oh, sorry, I twisted it too much. And it's, like, the intensive, like, oh, God, and then he does it, and he, like, puts it down the tube, and then there's, like, a quick pause, and, like, bolts out of the way, he's like, oh, God, they're like, oh, God, oh, God, and it's so, it's so funny. And the comedic timing is so great, because it's not, like, making jokes, it is just, like, you're laughing at the situation of the what these characters would say in these situations. And how they're reacting to it. Um, another really yes. good example is, so Clyde has his fake arm, or his fake hand, because it's this the lower part of his arm as he is Yes, to it's not his people. arm. He will tell you it's not Which his I arm. Which I like, where like everyone is like, oh, your arm, and then it's his sister, and she's like, I have your hand here ready for you. Um, yes. And his hand, get, they have these huge, like, like, basically reverse leaf floors where they're sucking all the money from the vault into garbage bags and they're going to smuggle the garbage yes. bags out. And his arm gets sucked up. 
And I cried in the theater. I was laughing so hard at Adam Driver's face. And everyone's just like, do we, do we, we take the time to get it out, but then we won't get as much money. But also that's his hand. And I just was crying with laughter. And also... When I saw this movie for the first time in theaters, my grade two teacher was sitting in front of me. Oh, um, like okay, whatever. I, I, like it's a small town. I see her all this. See her all the time. Uh, and the movie ended, and she turned around and was like, "Oh, sounds like you really enjoyed that movie." And I was like, "Yeah, it was so funny." And she just says, "I didn't think so," and then left. Oh, it's like, oh no, oh. So I guess she didn't like it, but I guess she has bad taste. <laughs> Yeah, the scene when, like, the arm, like, I, like, had to, like, cover my hand, my, my my mouth with my hands. I was like, oh, no, there's no way they're going to, how are they going to get out of this? Like, that implicates him so hard. They can't not get it out. Like, um, oh. oh, my God. It's so good. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm pleased that we're not really going into the mechanics of the heist, because you really just have to watch it. There's no joy in me yeah. going through each step of the plan. Just, like, watching it unfold with these characters. So you've got... Joe Bang, we've mentioned, like, these two idiot brothers who think they're way more important to the plan than you are, and then you realize that, like, his friend who owns a garage is also involved with the plan, Earl, and... Yes. That's a good friend. Yes, so I did want to mention this, that, like, it, the, like, so the heist happens, it all goes well, but then he doesn't keep the money, and I was like, what the hell? Like, why did you do all this and then not do it? And I was like, oh, like, come on. And, like, we have that... Beautiful scene when they all sing together at the pageant. Okay, yes. So they go to the pageant, and it's like, it's just a really good moment of you have Jimmy, Jenny said it before, he just wants to be a good dad, and he is a good dad, mm. but he's just someone who life is not working with. He's He can't pay for his cell phone, so he doesn't have a working cell phone. He is a beater of a truck that's from 1986. Like, he doesn't have a job. His ex-wife is incredibly successful and, like, has full custody of his daughter. His daughter's in the pageant. He misses the rehearsal. Like, he's just someone who you feel like, you know is inherently running late all the time against his best intentions. Um, And he always has a good excuse, but it doesn't change the fact that he always has an excuse, you know? And so she's got this pageant, and the whole... The movie opens with him helping her uh, with the with his truck. His Sadie is helping him with his truck, and he's telling her about why uh, "Country Roads Take Me Home" by John Denver is his favorite song. Yeah, and there's a line that I really love where he tells her this whole story about how John Denver wrote the song, and she goes, "Is that why it's your favorite song?" And he says, "No, I like the song because of the song." even though I guess I like the story too. And it just, he does. And he like listens to it. It's like his comfort song. And it's just, this yeah. movie is just a good sense of like, of community, people working together, of families caring for each other and of like what it feels like to be attached to a place. Yeah. And this all culminates in him going to his daughter's pageant right after the heist. He just makes it in time. And so she changes her talent from singing Umbrella by Rihanna. I was trying to do her accent then it just sounded like I said Rihanna improperly. Anyways... Um, and sings John Denver, and it's just really nice of, like, he's very tense with his ex-wife, but she's singing along, too, and it's... Yeah. Everyone loves the song.
it's so sweet and um so you think like okay this is the end of the movie and then there's a twist and i love twists when actually no they did keep some of the money they just didn't tell everyone because they didn't tell everyone the whole plan and i'm like this is the best part of any heist movie of the drop when it's like record scratch freeze frame here's the secret plan we had all along because they didn't want people looking for the money so they made it look like they gave back most of the money so that the cops would be less interested in finding who did it yes and so he ended up keeping some of the money and like giving it to some of the people and i could do without the like fbi agent portion of it i felt like was it necessary of how hard they went for like the last like 10 minutes of this fbi agent I i don't care and it's hillary swank who has two oscars yeah, it's felt like overkill in my mind of, like, why did they go so hard with this? Like, they should have been just, like, two completely random, like, people who are FBI, and then they just let it go, but they don't. And I'm like, okay, like, I don't like the cliffhanger of, like, she's gonna, even though they told them no, she's gonna continue, and you see her at the bar at the end, like, she's gonna figure it out. And in my head, I was like, oh, no. I know. Just, like, it's let like them you, have it. I know, you're like, you don't want the Logan curse to hit, because everything's going so well. I do want to say that, like, so Hilary Spanks is, I think, generally an interesting performer in that she has two Oscars, but she's either really good, or her movies are really bad. She's not always really bad, mm. but her movies often are. Um, but lately she's been doing, like, bit parts, so, like, it's, it's, is strange, you think the movie's over, and then they're like, actually, no, we have 20 more minutes left, and it's just following Hilary Swank trying to figure it out. Um, but I do love the very weird energy she brings, where she's just clearly someone who's really tired, but, like, she wants to know who did it, because she knows someone's gotten away with something, and she knows that everyone is dismissing it, because it's like, the hillbilly heist, the redneck robbers, and she's like, no, someone really smart planned this. Mm. Um, she's just got this look in her eyes where she's so ready to fight everyone around her at all times. Yeah. Um, like, it is quite an interesting energy for sure. I know. She's just, she speaks both really quickly and really slowly at the same time in a way I can't fully explain. Yes. Um, yeah, but it just, the movie ends with, you know, uh, Jamie gets to donate a bunch of money to Sylvia's doctors in a camper initiative yeah. I, I don't think that's what it's called <laughs> i was gonna say meals no, on wheels okay. and then docks on wheels and i was like none of these are catchy um <laughs> and they kind of start dating and joe bang and millie start flirting and clad gets a new arm and then hillary swank is also at the bar and i like to think that she does just want to know who did it and i like to hope that she's gonna let it slide because they're not hurting anybody they're just living their life She's not going to let it slide. Are you kidding me? I like She's so intense. She's so intense. But like, I maybe this is just wishful thinking of you being like, I wish they didn't have it there because you just want them to get away with it. Because even though they're robbing from NASCAR, NASCAR gets all the money back through insurance. Like, it's not really an yeah. issue for the venue at all. Um, yeah. But I think because Hillary Swank does bring like this really strong gotta get my man vibe. But it also mm. just like it is a matter of like wanting to know she personally is right. So I'm hoping like I just uh, I feel like in my special dream world they all get away with it still. Yeah. But you don't know. Oh, but then you, you but it ends on a note when they are, and I just gotta live in that moment of them all at the bar. I mean, they are in that exact moment, but they're openly talking about it at the bar. They, <laughs> so, I know. Like, they're dumb but i love them this is like the stress i get when i'm because i'm currently watching how to get away with murder and i'm just like guys why are you talking about this in the courtroom you idiots fools! like what are you doing (laughs) yeah yeah this this movie is really fun and unique and 
I like didn't even look up the trailer before watching it, so I had no idea what this. I'm so be pleased. About. And it just started, and the first thing I wrote down was like, "Ooh, accents!" And then I was like, "Ah, I know these people." <laughs> and like this cast is just like, like even like the side characters, like Jim O'Hare is in this. Oh yeah, like the guy from Parks and Rec. And I was like, "Hey!" <laughs> like everyone is in this, and it's just fun. Also, it's like. It's just fun. It's just, I just really like it. good. It's a really tight movie. I say I think I have to say the same compliments for every movie I like, but it is just it is such a confident movie. Mm, yeah, yeah. All yeah, the yeah, pieces yeah. come together so well, and I think the Logans deserve to break their curse and get away with it all. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Do you have anything else you wanted to say about Logan Lucky? I think that I would probably watch this movie again because it is fun. Um. But I do think that. More than the likelihood of me watching again, I feel like I would recommend this movie more. Just because, like, I watched it and I was like, I feel like, like, I feel like my dad would like this movie. This is absolutely, this is an I feel like my movie. mom would like this yes. movie. Like, I feel like my sister, like, I feel like this is a movie that is really easy to recommend because it's, like, not, like, offensive and it's just, like, fun and funny and has some serious notes in it, but it's just so buck wild. It's just pure entertainment. You can just forget about everything going on and just watch these dumb idiots who are actually secretly super smart pull off a heist. I know. Oh. And it's just fun. You Logans must be as simple-minded as people say. People say that. <laughs> Look at us having a brisk conversation. I have... Uh, a question that I thought would be fun, and Jenny and I both quickly realized is more difficult than anticipated for yeah. our little activity, which is I love a good heist movie. So if yes. you were to do a heist in a heist film, where would you want to rob? And then maybe also who is someone you would want on your team? Okay, so when you said this to me, you didn't say a heist movie. You just said if you did a heist, where would you do it? I was like, I don't know. Oh, no. Okay, I should have said heist movie. <laughs> like, I thought that's what you meant, but I was like, I don't. I feel like this is... I don't want to say it anywhere. <laughs> Jenny um, and I can't do crime. We can't do crime. Um, Like, I want it to be something that either, like, is rightfully belongs to them. If it's something that is, like, being unlawfully suppressed by someone. Like, they're not giving them something kind of like in Fast you and Furious. You want to like, be a Robin Hood type. Yes! And speaking of Robin Hood, story time with Jenny. I'm not going to go into it all. But I thought... I, I kind of took, like, a completely different realm of this, is it wouldn't be me in a heist movie, but I, when I, I had a phase when I was young when I thought I was Robin Hood, and I don't know if I told this story on the podcast before, have I? You told it to me, and it's one of my favorites, so please tell it again. <laughs> okay, so I thought I was Robin Hood when I was younger, and I was volunteering at the book sale at school. Classic book fair. And... Ooh. Yes, and I kept seeing kids, like, not being able to afford, like, the stuff they really wanted. And, like, some of them were, like, educational books, and some of them were just, like, chapter books, and they just were short, like, a dollar, or short, like, 50 cents, or, like, a quarter. And I was like, I, I have access to this cash. I can give it to you. I was, like, in grade three, probably. And so I just <laughs> did that. I would come up to them and be like, hey, I have this... I have extra money for you. And they're like, are you seriously? Like, yeah, just, it's fine. Like, I got you. And they're like, oh, thank And I thought I was Robin Hood because I was stealing from the rich and t giving to the poor. <laughs> and then I have such a guilty, like, conscience that, like, 
I heard like sirens outside my, my house once and I was like, they're coming to get me. And so then I like broke down and had to, and I paid confessed. All um, <laughs> I confessed and I just cried, bawled my eyes out in my room. And my dad's like, are you okay? And I was like, they're coming. They're coming. I stole it. He's like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry. Something. And... My child is experiencing some kind of emotion. <laughs> yeah. And... So I had a, a kind of an idea of something like a film similar to that experience. So like not like adult high t- high like high more of a catch that kid kind of kind of and like I envision like the cast of the Netflix Babysitters Club and they would. something similar right they're so good similar to like a um, book sale or something involving like a school system where like it's only if you had money to get like this, a certain resource in the that schools would help where you. you have to buy lunch and then if you don't have lunch they just throw the food out yeah something like things like that I feel like that would be quite like a fun like little film of only the people who have the money could do this thing so I like stories when it is it's not for selfish reasons it's not to like because I just want money to help myself it's to help other people or to break down a system from within inside or something like that. And so I think something like that would be kind of cool. Another idea I had is completely fantasy because this thing doesn't exist, but a heist movie to break into the Disney vault, <gasps> which doesn't exist, but you know, but the, the, Disney the, vault the metaphorical like, Disney vault, the metaphorical Disney vault. And it's a heist to break into that. Oh <laughs> I just think that'd be fun. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so those are my ideas. How about yourself? Uh, so I also was like, okay, I need to have a good moral reason behind who I'm going to rob. So my first thought was Jeff Bezos, but I was like, I don't want to just rob Jeff Bezos' house. Um, I want to, mm. would want it to be like, I would want it to be a very flashy heist movie. Um, so then I was trying to think of, so this is also inspired by real life? Not really. I was like, okay, what would be a good public event to rob? Because I was thinking about you do want to go somewhere where a lot of money is changing hands. And... So I think that, like, Ocean's 8 did the Met Gala, Logan Lucky does NASCAR. I thought it would be really fun for a heist movie to be set at something like Coachella. Which is where, like, you have a lot of rich influencers, a lot of VIP areas. And there was um, some buzz last year where it was revealed that one of the owners of Coachella is a big Republican donor uh, and Donald Trump supporter because he's a rich person and the other (laughs) co-founder of Coachella was like oh no he's actually a really good dude like us at Coachella try really hard to like treat people fairly um but like he's a billionaire so what did you expect and I was like oh now I definitely want to rob him (laughs) so I thought it would be really fun and I was like I think I'm actually now like a little too old (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be like a Coachella girl but I would love to do like a a heist flick where it's a bunch of women who are like in their late 20s going for like one last wild weekend like before someone's getting mm. married or something like that's your setup that's your cover that's your setup yes um and then they're actually going to I, I don't know I've never been to Coachella I don't know if like actual cash money is exchanging hands but I just feel like there's a lot of robable things there you could have like really cool mm. music set pieces the final heist is set at the same time as the headlining concert Ooh. um and so my cast is Kiki Lane from the old guard Netflix's okay. uh, action movie that came out last year. Janine Mason, who is the lead actress on Roswell, New Mexico, who has excellent comedic mm. sensibilities. She's got, like, a real Lucille Ball, screwball type comedy vibe. Yes. Uh, Imogen Poots, uh, who is a really good scream queen actress, who I just really like. 
Um, mm. And then I was I was like scrolling through other movies I've seen, and I think we also I think every heist movie except for Logan Lucky, I guess, needs, like, a mentor, someone who's slightly older than you. And I picked Gemma Arterton, who's one of my favorite British actresses, oh. um, who I love yeah. greatly. She had her kind of initial breakthrough role in a movie called St. Trinian's, uh, which is also a insane, like, British schoolgirl boarding school girls. I keep saying school and girls again. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> A whoa, bunch whoa. of girls <laughs> at a very eclectic boarding school, uh, realize their school's about to close and decide to steal a painting during a national quiz bowl tournament. Ooh. And Gemma Arterton is the leader of that team. And so I think it would be fun for her to go back to her heist roots and bring her in as like our mentor. Ooh, fun. I like that. I like the, the setting seems really fun. I think it would be like, like, you would have so many things happening and so many people like trying to get through crowds and like you could set the heist to music and you've got all these blocked off areas and celebs floating around. It'd be really fun. Yeah. I feel like a lot of heist movies rely on crowded spaces. Yeah. Which I mean, good luck heist people right now. You can't be in crowds. Well, there's the new, there's the new Anne Hathaway heist movie that just came out this week. Have you heard of it? Oh! There's a movie called Locked no. Down. Now we're just going to have movie talk, I guess, one last thing, of, where it's Anne Hathaway and Chiwetel Ejiofor as a couple who are about to break up because of the tensions of being in lockdown that have had on their relationship. Yeah. Uh, and then they decide to uh, rob some jewels from Harrods. Oh, okay. Yeah. This came out this weekend. I'm looking forward to watching it later. Nice. Yeah. That's Logan Lucky, everyone. Yeah. Also, don't rob... I just want to throw that out there. We're not telling people to heist or rob. I might just... be telling people to lightly heist. Stealing from the rich is morally okay. In fact, it's the right thing to do. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. I say someone who's very afraid of prison and would never commit a crime. Um, no. Yeah. All right. Oh, and now yes. it's time for my spiel. So you can uh, rate, review, subscribe on the podcaster podcatcher of your choice, uh, especially Apple Podcasts, which is one we primarily use. So that's a fun thing for us to see. You can also follow us on Twitter or Tumblr at HiHo Podcast. Email us at HiHoPodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Spotify at HiHo Podcast. What a shocker. Ah, yes. Um, yeah, thanks everyone for listening to us this week. And remember to like what you like. Your opinion is valid. As long as it's the same as mine, crime is fun. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs>